0: Down the back stairs Into no man's land Lights are flashing Cars are crashing Getting frequent now I've got the spirit Lose a feeling Let it out somehow
1: You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Noah Skyver. His latest release is The Hypo, The Melancholic Young Lincoln from Fantagraphics, as well as 1999 from Those Fine Kids at Retrofit, the ongoing series Blamo, which is up to issue 7.5, am I correct? Yes. As well as The Death of Elijah Lovejoy, by those fine kids in Minneapolis 2D Press um, 2D Cloud 2D Cloud everything's a press or something it throws uh, Yeah. yeah um, oh. anything else I'm forgetting oh and the, the expositor I am com. a ho- comics I am com. a horrible person Noah I'm just gonna start it out <laughs> I, I, I've done Noah no good in this so far um Thank you for taking the time to join me today, Noah.
2: No problem. I don't have a light, so it doesn't matter. I got, I got nothing but time.
1: Nothing but time. Okay. Um, now, Noah was last on... 2009. 2009. It was a different decade. We were different people. You were a different man at that point. Um, I was just a boy. You we were thing. just a boy since then. Mm-hmm. I do feel like things have changed a lot since then for you, though. I mean, when we last talked, you were talking about, I think you're starting work on the hypo. Um, yeah, I was. And it's like, I don't know what's going to go on with this. I don't know if anyone will yeah. like it, but I'm doing it. Yep. And people like it.
2: Yeah, it seems like it so far.
1: Be um, pretty, pretty great reviews. Uh, this being, Maybe I should knock
2: on wood now, huh? There we go.
1: You got a desk to knock on. There's plastic everywhere. I don't have any wood around. Oh geez, what are we gonna do in the apocalypse? I can't burn plastic. Um, I, know. I guess the first thing I want to stop talk bleh, bleh, talk about is the hypo and kind of putting it together because I mean it was your first long form work up till then. Mostly, it's been predominantly short stories. Um yeah. in your series and then this is what, 150, hundred and fifty, two hundred pages? It's
2: uh, hundred and ninety two
1: pages. There we go. One ninety two. Um, did you realize what you're getting yourself into with it? Uh I guess
2: so. I yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, it was a side it was a side project though, you know. Like I I was working on it just kinda whenever I had the time. I, I didn't expect it to ever actually Cause I, I don't know why I just didn't think I was actually going to finish it It just seemed like something That maybe I was always Going to be working on And people were always Going to be asking me about it That's how it seemed Because Because I was like Always writing about Like working on it In my blog and stuff And everybody was always Asking me like How's the Lincoln book coming So I just kind of Thought like that's oh, probably always Going to be like this And this will be something That I just kind of Keep working on and, and redoing Like throughout my whole life You know
1: Was uh, it Kind of Placing that expectation Of just just doing it and not worrying about it too much did that kind of you think help within putting the work together yeah well I
2: I think what helped finish it was when I actually found a publisher for it that's when I was like "All right, now I've got to actually do this thing like I actually have to finish it by this time I was supposed to finish it like in February and having that deadline just made me like focus more on it
1: how much did you have done by that point?
2: I had sent Fantagraphics 80 pages
1: um, to look at, and
2: they, when they agreed to do it, I probably had about 100 pages done. So yeah, so they agreed to publish it in July, and then I had like, okay, well now I'm gonna just, like, just like focus on this and just work on this all the time, and that's what I did. And so then I finished it like right before Christmas, and send it to them and then like I I just like put all the artwork in a box and like mailed it to their offices <laughs> and <laughs> and like they were all gone on Christmas break at the office so a box of pages like sat outside their door for like you know maybe a week or something
1: oh my god Noah
2: I know such an idiot I, and then I told like Gary because like, I was like yeah I shipped it and stuff and he found out that I shipped it just like UPS he's like next time you ship original artwork use FedEx and I was like I don't know, I'm just an idiot and I always do that kind of stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they got taking it. Taking risks. And they did all the hard yeah. work for you of the scanning.
2: Yeah, I don't have a good computer for that kind of stuff. I can't do
1: that. It must have been a, a change for them because I don't know how often people actually send in original artwork anymore.
2: Yeah, I think it was kinda of antiquated. I don't know. <laughs> I mean but you know, like <laughs> like my favorite cartoonists are like the, all those you know, the guys from the nineties and stuff, so I mean, I think that's
1: probably how they did it back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh, stories <laughs> of uh, stacks of Hernandez Brothers artwork sitting around in there, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, I could have just, like, faxed it to them. That would have been funny. <laughs> a, little, a little more old-school
1: way to do it. I don't think it would have looked very good. <laughs> yeah, probably not. would okay. have a lot of ink, too. <laughs> would you put it through, like, one of those fax machines that, like, rolls the pages? Yeah. <laughs> It just takes like two days for it all to come through. They would have loved you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's jump into the work itself. Um, what was it about this story of Lincoln that you kind of latched onto? Because this isn't your first historical. Well, story.
2: I've done that that uh, that uh, uh, tale of the Denver Spider-Man yeah. comic. Yeah. It was like in MoM. Yeah. So, so I did that story and then working on that comic was like so exciting to me it was like so fun that as soon as I finished it I, I wanted to do something else you kind know, of like that I, I had to do like but I had to do homework for so I had like been looking around and I, I don't know I came across that story of Lincoln's Near Duel with James Shields mm-hmm. and I just thought like well I'll just I'll just make this into a, a comic like a short comic I'll just illustrate this and then when I was Researching that, uh, well, I was researching Lincoln just to just to get an idea of who he was to do the comic, and I just got interested in who he was around that period of time, which is just like this like struggling man, you know, struggling politician, lawyer, and like his problems with depression and everything. I think that that learning about his like his struggles with with depression made him more of like a well-rounded human being to me, and and. Uh, It made me, like, respect who he became more later on in life, just, like, learning about who he was and, like, where he came from, so.
1: How old was he at that that
2: point? uh, When the book begins, he's 28, so he's my age. So, yeah, I mean, the book starts in, like, 1837 when he enters Springfield, and, and 1842 when he's married, when he gets married.
1: Did you find yourself identifying at all with the character?
2: Uh, <laughs> I think uh, yeah I don't know I mean, I mean, everybody has, everybody's depressed right I mean everybody goes through that I'm, I, think I'm, I think people see me as like a morose character or something somebody who's glum <laughs> so I, I think I understand that kind of stuff I mean it's, maybe that's what attracted me to focusing on that so much is that I can understand it you know but but I can't I can't uh, can't say I understand being a lawyer and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> I mean, there's you know, that's the reason I left all the politics out of there. I would have just
1: made it look really stupid
2: if I tried to do all those things.
1: Well, it's not about. Also, it would have been a longer book. I don't know. yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not about the politics. It's not about.
2: No. Yeah. I I, I don't. I mean, that stuff is just kind of. If, it, if it's in there at all, it's always like in the background And it's more just about His personal life at the time
1: I almost feel like it would take away from the story
2: Yeah, be... it would just become Something else, I think
1: Yeah. I, I don't know, I mean, yeah it, Plus, yeah, it just would have been too
2: long And, I don't know I didn't want to make that book I'll let somebody else write that story at NBM publish it Or
1: something <laughs> Uh <laughs> I'm c- curious about some of the um the art in it uh stylistically what what you went with with like that very full looking page um, with the cross hatching yeah of thing. like a, one of the things that kind of made me think at one point was like it was almost kind of reminding me of like scratchboard
2: yeah well I was just trying to mimic as best I could that kind of nineteenth century style you know that and, like, the illustrations for newspapers and that kind of thing. So, I, yeah, I wanted, like, a dense, almost, what did you say, scratchboard? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted that look. I
1: don't
2: know. It, it, it's good for moods, too, right? I don't
1: know. It helps it be dark. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me about the, the research you've done. Um like you have a, a quote from someone who'd done a book on Lincoln's yeah Joshua Lincoln. Wolfshank. yeah did you I just didn't... read as many
2: I read as many Lincoln books as I could he did walk called Lincoln's melancholy which was really important to me when I was working on the book because um, it, it had all the it focused on that on all the stuff I was looking for in the other ones you know because other other Lincoln books will just kind of touch on. His problems with melancholy, like in a, in a few sentences in the beginning of the book or something, and I need I need more than that. So that's what that was, what was good about that book, that Lincoln melancholy book.
1: There's like it seems like there's a couple of facets to, ink, to to Lincoln on this that are kind of striking in this period in time. It's one one part there's the depression. There's also um, going with the depression. It's like a young man. Going into a new experience with really not knowing very many people, so you kind of see him in the way as like kind of an outsider of where he's at.
2: Yeah, yeah, because he was he was
1: like white trash
2: compared to the people he was hanging out with, you know. So I
0: don't
2: know. and also like I you know, so it's like his depression and then also his relationship with Mary Todd, like those were the two, and also I guess his relationship with Joshua Speed. It's
1: like, the three uh, now is, things is, I wanted to focus on. Is he the person that people claim he had a uh, improper relationship with? Yeah. The, the conspiracy theorist? I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't get into that. I don't
2: think that's true.
1: Do you feel like it kind of, I mean, it's really hard to go on something like that if you don't have anything really empirical?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, when people thought I was working on <laughs> the book, they'd ask me, like, are you going to, You know, you're going to, like, go into, like, the homosexual stuff. I'm like, what homosexual stuff? Like, sharing a bed with a man, that doesn't make you gay. Like, especially in the 19th century, everybody shared beds and stuff. I mean, when I'm on tour with John Porcelino, I share a bed with him sometimes. We're not gay. You know? (laughs) So, I mean, people just, they're they're just, like, scratching for something, and I just don't see it.
1: Yeah. People are looking for something to identify with, I think. Right.
2: I mean, there's there's plenty of other reasons to like Lincoln, you know. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to make him gay to like him as well.
1: Now, during the part part of some of the stuff you cover in this book is um, when he goes down to what was it, Kentucky? Not Kentucky. Uh-huh. Where's he? Come
2: huh? When he visits? When he visits? Uh, Joshua Speed.
1: Yeah, and on the the plantation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was this kind of also like an important time in his life, as far as like developing viewpoints on slavery? Because you you throw in some stuff in there that's just like yeah. Well, there that was that was... incident
2: that uh the incident on the on the steamboat that that happened that he I had him saying it, but actually from um, a letter where he says how true it is that it renders the world of human conditions tolerable. That whole thing is like from a a uh, letter that he wrote to Joshua Speed's sister, actually, about that incident. So um yeah, I just I, I had to touch on that at least, you know i did I had to touch on slavery somehow.
1: When you're putting a work together like this, um, it, i'm I'm curious how like folks kind of decide on dialogue within it. like how much do you pull from what they were saying at the time? Cause you mentioned you you got that from that letter that he wrote to his to his well friend. a lot of the
2: a lot of the dialogue is from letters you know and that's kind of how I would find out about incidents or, or like anecdotes from, that I used in the book was like I would read about it, something that he wrote in a letter you know or like somebody else wrote in a letter about when they'd like mentioned Lincoln so I, I don't know yeah I would just use that dialogue I'll just incorporate it in there somehow
1: yeah um you should have like footnotes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do any footnotes. I decided not to.
2: i thats a, I know that's a, like, I when I was working on it. Well, when I was like finishing up, I had to decide like, do I want to do that or like, what am I? What's the purpose of this? Is this supposed to be like a textbook or something, or is this like a story? And I—I I went with just like it's a story. I'm not. I mean, I wasn't making this for, for like, classes. You know. Yeah. I just wanted to turn all that stuff into a book. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not like a historian or anything. I'm just a cartoonist who likes history. So I, I don't know. I chose not to do that. And I think Fantagraphics is putting together something, like a study guide or something. They but can do it. I'm, I'm not really. I mean, I I write about stuff. Like, I'm not bull. I'll, I'll, like, write about the decisions I made and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really want it in the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, the... um other kind of recent historical book you did was the uh, death of Elijah Lovejoy and Ignat's Loser the Ignat's loser I'm sorry yeah. buddy. Nah, whatever doesn't matter don't you already own a brick didn't you win for something oh I'm a two time loser <laughs> I thought you won for one no no
2: I lost to Lisa Hanawalt
1: aw well you know what can you say <laughs> Um, <laughs> I I don't even get nominated for anything So, you know It's not like they have the, <laughs> they have Best podcast awards
2: Are there podcast awards?
1: Uh, not that I know of But I don't think I would get nominated anyways who would probably go to something like iFan
2: <laughs> You don't think so? You're, you're not up there with WTF?
1: Oh, for like or, Radio Podcast? No, no way Those guys are all classy InkStars <laughs> is really classy, what do you mean? <laughs> Don't do that to yourself, man You're better than that I'm Canadian <laughs> I'm Canadian And I think I'm a little too idiosyncratic For, uh, for, you know that Programs like uh, WTF And This American Life And Radiolab Have a very <laughs> wider audience um, There's yeah. not as many people that want to hear Interviews with there are I'm totally being horrible right now. Um <laughs> I listen to this
2: all the time when I'm drawing. I mean I've listened to almost all of Studs.
1: I and I, I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> so I'm the one You're the one I'm the no. listener. I do like I do have a decent listenership, I think, like looking at my stats and stuff. Like I'm not gonna say no one listens. Like I know I know people are listening, I really appreciate it. But I definitely don't think that uh I I'm uh you know this American Well Not with that attitude <laughs> Maybe I can work, work on my radio voice And uh, try and perfect that yeah. Yep Oh the Okay going okay, back why, to losing why I'd love uh, Yeah back to being a loser um, Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: That whole story That whole comic was supposed to be in the hypo Originally Really yeah, so the hypo actually was like, I think I had the duel at the end of the book. I thought like early on, like it'd be cool to like find some other duels that happened or sure. other like crazy tragedies that happened around this this you know the nineteenth century and include them in the book, just like in between chapters. So I so I drew a bunch of duels and in, in the Elijah Lovejoy story and that kind of stuff, and then and then uh, when I was editing the book, I was like, this is actually really stupid. I don't like it, and uh, I cut all that stuff out, and then. 2D Cloud around that time was like looking for something of mine to publish, and I had that comic already done, and I wasn't going to do anything with it, so I gave it to them, and they published it. Yep, well, that's it. That's <laughs> the story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta work on you for your anecdotes, boy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that book. I mean, it seems like you. I kind of get the feeling like you're really getting an interest. In this kind of time and era of Americana history, this kind yeah. of pre-Civil War, um, am I grasping at straws here? Or is this something you've kind of no? I mean, it's it, it's true, but yeah, I don't. I think I'm gonna kind of chill out on it now.
2: I don't think I'm gonna be doing a lot of
1: history comics nowadays because I don't want to be the history guy. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> who is that? Is it like Rick Rick Geary or something?
1: Rick guy, Geary, he, he he does yeah, that. He's kind of the history cartoonist. You you could be uh like Kate Beaton.
2: No, I know I'm not gonna be Kate
1: Beaton. You could be. <laughs> I think she's got that
2: she's got that covered.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um well what were some other kind of contemporary stories that you were coming across that kind of fit into this uh, well, tableau?
2: What, what kind of contemporary cards?
1: What kind of, what contemporary was, like was, stories like Elijah Lovejoy, or maybe you want to tell folks about Elijah Lovejoy, about that story.
2: Luriel is like the, the. Are you
1: talking about like what influenced me? What kind of like historical stuff, or what, what were some other stories couldn't... you had come across at that same time that kind of were. Oh, similar? of that era. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, there's a, a duel that I illustrated. To. I wound up putting this duel into a. A mini comic That was supposed to be In the book too Although I can't remember Who the people were Right now <laughs> That to dig it out Of a box or something <laughs> But yeah I don't know Just like There's I mean there's a couple Other things that let me Go through my notes I don't remember I have a terrible memory Robin
1: It's okay no. That's why I'm
2: such a good person To, to first interview <laughs>
1: Um, oh, yeah uh, That yeah. guy <laughs> Noah um, You just got back from tour With uh, Mr. Porcelino Is that pretty much an uh-huh. annual thing now Where the two of you Yeah, we try together?
2: and We try and meet up and, and Drive around when we can I don't know, it's it's fun It's like, um, I think If I had a year where I didn't sleep in the car At a truck stop in the middle of America uh, I would be really I'd feel empty, you know so I have to make sure that, that I uh, get in touch with Porcelino and allow him to drive me around and pull into a filthy truck stop to go to sleep. So, I don't know. He's the, he's the funnest guy to tour
1: with, actually. Well, last time we talked, you had just started hanging out with him because he was in Denver at the time. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's right. And so it like the two of you really become quite close and doing uh-huh. these tours together. And I'm just curious how that's been for you creatively like really connecting with someone who's making similar but not similar like introspective work very personal work um, Uh uh-huh. I think
2: yeah I think that's what, how he influenced me I mean he doesn't you know like he doesn't influence me through my art obviously but I think he's like the rhythms that he uses I always try and copy somehow because uh, yeah like you said like his introspective work and stuff I mean I have a few of those things that I've like drawn here at home and I'm like oh god I can tell this is like totally influenced by John I don't know
1: you're drawing little uh, highways and patches of grass next to it yep
2: (laughs) just like things like I'm gonna draw a a panel like I'm gonna draw like a four panel comic and each panel will be a different view of my room on this like spring afternoon I do it and I'm like oh god It's (laughs) it's like such a rip off of John Oh geez, I'm Drawing my cat on the bed I'm like
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Well uh, tell me Like the tours It's really interesting Because you guys Like Because John can't fly So you guys go Everywhere when he drives Or when you drive with him Or you I guess play passes. Yeah I, I fly or... into
2: I usually will fly into Milwaukee And then he'll pick me up At the airport And we just start driving from there Which is I don't know. I, I look forward to it, honestly. It's really fun. It's fun. I
3: am a scientist I seek to understand. I seek to understand me I am an incurable And nothing else behaves like
1: seems like there's something about you that's like really in tune into this like American Americana idea I don't know if idea but definitely like I don't know what it is and trying to articulate like the way like someone like Chester Brown is very Canadian doesn't mean you have to be like USA USA type thing but it's like it's very kind of ingrained into you well
2: thank you I think I always think of like Tim Lane as like the ultimate American cartoonist like uh, you saw, You've saw, you interviewed Tim before haven't
1: you Yeah He's his, fantastic His comics
2: Yeah man he's amazing And he's really interesting because he doesn't Seems like he doesn't want anybody to really know who he is You know you never see Tim Lane at conventions or anything He stays home Yeah He doesn't do a lot of interviews and stuff And you just kind of have his work to go on And it's always just about like You know like the Midwest Or just like Like a rusting America or something He's Yeah he's amazing Good guy. I hung out with him when I was just uh, on this tour. He we went to St. Louis and the, we wound up just like getting really drunk on wine and like yelling at each other about Mad Men. <laughs> it was good.
1: When you're doing your tours, um, do you get enough chance to draw? Like do you try and sketchbook a lot of it?
2: I try. I, have, I mean, I carry my sketchbook with me and I'll, I'll draw in the car or like at truck stops or, or at somebody's house or something, but for the most part, like I, I just can't. You know, I'm, there's too much happening around me, and yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm always like, I shouldn't be drawing. I should be like talking to these people. It's the same with like, I always bring my camera on on tours too, but like, I can't ever take any pictures.
1: But John's able to take have. him while he's driving.
2: Yeah, he, I know. He takes pictures of me all the time, like <laughs> sleeping in the car and stuff. That's
1: that just that just sounds creepy.
2: My uh, my, he takes a lot of pictures of my ugly head. <laughs> he's really good at like capturing my capturing me when I like just look like a thumb or something you know <laughs> I'm like what the fuck is that me what the hell embarrassing right cause then like everybody's seeing me that's when I see the most people is when I'm on tour and I just look like shit
1: like totally worn out and these tours like you guys go for like a month at a time oh god yeah oh yeah like how can how They're... can you guys not kill each other after a while
2: I don't know, we just we just get along, you know I don't know <laughs> I'm sure maybe, I'm sure He probably wants to kill me At a certain point, you know Probably gets really sick of me But I never get sick of that guy, that's for damn sure
1: I'm just gonna remind folks, I'm talking to Noah Van Skyver and his latest Release is The Hypo Um And We're just talking about his road trips he does with uh, King Cat, uh, mini-comic king, John Porcelino. Um, He being, you know, the guy who's doing mini-comics longer than anyone else, um, does that kind of keep you grounded in wanting to keep doing mini-comics, even though you've got this, like, pretty well-put-together book? Uh, Not really. I don't know.
2: I mean, I just... I don't really do a lot of mini-comics. I'll I'll just kind of put something together if I have some extra stuff. But, yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, it's funny, because I I was looking online to see what mini-comics you have, and there's, like, a whole bunch that I don't have. I only have, like... I know. A couple.
2: I was, like, throwing them together all the time back in the day before I got tired. I
1: don't know. Are you tired now, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, like, I'm, I'm... you know, back then, you know, a few
2: years ago, it's like all I was doing was putting together mini-comics and, like, sending them to people. It was, like, a routine that I had. Because I, I was working at a restaurant and stuff, and I was just, like, I really hated it. I really hated doing it. And I thought, like, I'll just keep making these comics and sending them to people, and then, then I'll be really famous and I won't have to work at this restaurant anymore. And it worked, too, you know?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because you now really... I'm before you goddamn start, things <laughs> before you started doing your touring like people knew who you were and it seems like even on facebook everyone loves you because you were able you were able to get out there and just connect with a lot of folks just sending comics and yeah and communicating
2: well i i think i just i'm more
1: like aware of what
2: i'm putting out in the world i think that's what it is really like back then i was just anything i drew i would publish in a mini comic and it didn't matter and now I'm more, like, self-conscious about what I'm drawing. You know, I used to be able to do, like, all these self-deprecating comics. And now it's, like, I can't I can't do that stuff. It's just, like, like, even looking at the old stuff, it just embarrasses me now. You know, I, I was, like, I have this new girlfriend, and I was showing her one of my comics the other night. It was this comic called Noah Novella, which is, like, have you seen that one?
1: Yeah, I got that one. That's the one that uh, Grimalkin did. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's, like, all autobiographical strips that I'd done, like, years. Like, What the hell's wrong with me? I just wasn't even imagining that anybody was actually reading the stuff I was drawing.
1: But you and sent now, it to like, us. I'm,
2: I know, I know, but like now I'm I'm just too I'm like hyper aware of that. Even stuff that I, I mean I used to be so still self deprecating, but even I would be super self deprecating on Facebook, you know. I'm just like I still do that, but not as much as I used to. I'm I'm always like putting up status updates and then deleting them because I get like embarrassed, you know? I don't know. I just can't do that stuff. And I don't even, like, do autobiographical comics anymore, you know?
1: Well, I mean, that means you have different stories you want to tell now, right?
2: Yeah, I think that that must be what it
1: is, right? I Um. hope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, part of that is you do have uh, a new book coming out, or not a new book, but you have something you've got coming out on The Expositor Comics. Dot com yeah uh huh now this is a site you started with uh Joseph Remnant who was on yep. here just a couple weeks ago actually um he's the man he's the man uh and yeah. he drew you in Cleveland uh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> did you wait get,
2: how did you know about that?
1: I don't know because <laughs> I read the book. <laughs> oh okay. Look, that's no man's scriver. <laughs> yep. Uh, Actually, I think I saw someone tweet about it, and you replied with, "Yep, it's me." Yep. <laughs> like, oh no, okay. it's this. Um, yeah. Tell me about that friendship you guys have going, and kind of what the you guys want to do with uh, that site.
2: We, um, I think we found out. A bit. I, I remember seeing his comic. He did this comic review of of uh, Rebel Visions um, in yeah. Arthur magazine like years ago. And I saw that, but I remember. Back then, I couldn't get published anywhere, so, like, when I saw that, I was, like, kind of jealous, and I couldn't read it, you know? It took me a little while. Like, I mean, I I kept the magazine and stuff, but I I couldn't look at it, and I I liked his artwork, and then I was in, um, Mindshaft, this, you know, that zine?
1: Yeah, yeah, the one that has, like, amazing underground cartoons, and lately they've been having a lot of really great 90s guys, like Dave Collier, and uh, Pat Moriarty, and... Yeah,
2: Yeah, I was... They published one of my comics in there, and I think he found out about my comics from that. And then he... I think that's how it went. And then he, like, found me on Facebook or something, or, or wrote me an email. And then, uh... He was doing those P. comics for Smith Magazine and stuff, and we just kind of became friends. Because I think we we're, were both pretty similar as artists, you know? Um, I think, uh... We're both like compatible as artists And we both the same kind of, of comics And so uh, he started sending me He sent me a blind spot And then he was buying landmills from me and stuff And we just became each other's fans And then we were both working on our second book And we thought we should just start a Our own webcomic site So that's what the expositor is And just like We're just going to post the chapters As we draw them on there And hopefully that will push us To get it done faster, you know <laughs>
1: Do you have anyone interested in publishing your next book, or is it you just kind of want uh, to I haven't shown. I mean,
2: I, I haven't shown it to anybody really. I mean, I, I haven't really. Ta- I mean, I talked to to Gary about it. But I don't. You know, I can't say if they're going to publish it or not. Who knows? I might just sell. I'm. I'm going to wind up self-publishing it. I'm going to have a Kickstarter. <laughs> I don't know,
1: man. Sell your boots. Yeah, I'm going to sell my boots. Sell your boots. Uh... I'm going to sell my Pumas. <laughs> Now I'm totally do real. <laughs> um, reading that first chapter, uh, I kind of feel like there's some similarities, I guess, in kind of to that and the uh, nineteen ninety nine you just did recently for. Mm-hmm. Um, is this kind of where you're going, letting out your restaurant steam?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's different. It, I think I understand what you mean. Like, you can it's kind of similar. because It's.
1: Well, I guess especially um, when you co- when I come from reading, say, the hypo and the death of Elijah Lovejoy, and then, boom, these kind of both modern and
2: yeah modern esque. Well, it, it gets it gets different. I mean, Sinkhole is is going to be kind of crazy. Every chapter is going to get like a little bit tenser, and then finally build up to some kind of huge huge event. So I don't know. You just have to
1: keep keep reading it as it's posted. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, 1999 um, Doing comics for the retrofit uh, studio Well studio. I was like I think,
2: Yeah Box had just like emailed A bunch of artists and asked if we wanted to To be a part of that And I did even though I, I was too busy I still said yes And then uh, I worked on that comic Like in between Because I was already working on the hypo, so I would do, like, a page of the hypo and then draw a page of 1999 and just, like, try and, like, get both of them done. I I think, um, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm kind of an idiot here. I I don't know. (laughs) Why? Yeah. I I don't know. I always just, I feel stupid, but, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I I did that and then it's done and it's okay. It's an okay comic.
1: I, I, it's, a lot of people are really liking it a lot, actually. Or what? A lot of people are really liking it. The nineteen ninety
2: nine. Yeah, I think so. It seems like it's okay. I mean, yeah, I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> it Just sold say it's out. Good. I mean, that's
2: the thing. Like, they they had it. and I think I don't know how many he printed, but he didn't print enough. It like sold out within like the first month that it was released. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess people can't really get it unless their store has one, like, buried underneath a bunch of Superman comics or something.
1: Is he going to reprint it, or kind of once they're gone, they're gone? I think they're gone.
2: Unless, like, I think what I'm going to do is print it as a hardcover book and sell it for $35. Nice. Yeah, oversized. I'm going to watercolor everything,
1: and uh,
2: I'm going to do it, like, the size of that uh, Kramer's book.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Kramer, Kramer seven. the Kramer 7
2: Yeah, I want to do it like that, like a nice <laughs> A nice like hardcover Like coffee table book And um, I might print it on Glossy paper just to make sure that nobody can Actually read the lettering The light will be reflecting off of it all the time
1: <laughs> yep. um, That's what I got coming up As you're kind of doing More longer form stories Are you kind of stepping away from doing A lot of anthologies
2: yeah, I haven't, I have i can't even do it. I mean, I used to do, like, as many anthologies as I could because I thought that, like, I thought that that's how you're supposed to do it because I really like Jeffrey Brown and that's what he was doing. He was just, like, in every anthology ever. So I thought, like, oh, that's what you have to do. Like, you just have to try and get into, like, a lot of anthologies. And now I'm just, uh, man, it makes me tired even thinking about it, doing a comic for some, it's always, like, a themed anthology, you know? Yeah. And then so you're like, well, I don't have I don't have anything to say on this theme, but I really want to be published, so let me just like make up some kind of stupid comic. I
1: can't I can't do that. Forget it. I was wondering, it's like, old, just man. how taxing that is when you're like having to think about all these different short stories. I mean, regardless, I mean, yeah, it's four pages, but I feel like it's a lot more work to do, say, seven four page stories than one twenty eight page story.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely
1: oh. hard.
2: <laughs> I don't like doing it. And I think nowadays I'll probably only do something for an anthology if it's some kind of special thing. You know, like, if an anthology sounds like it's going to be really good. Yeah. But I, I just can't I can't do any more, like... Because, you know, I used to get, like, people... I'm putting together a zine, and, and the zine's about, you know, fathers or something. Can you do something for that? And I'd be like, yes, absolutely, even though, like, I, you know, I didn't have a father growing up. Yeah, absolutely, I'll do a comic about that, you know. So yeah I just can't do
1: it it wears me out yeah um one of the things kind of on the note of family um one of the things you've been kind of debating about doing recently is you decided to start doing some comics about Mormonism um about Mor- Mormonism that you said yeah 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 like it seems uh, at first you were unsure of whether or not to even do it
2: yeah I still got people that were kind of not into that But when I did it In the last issue Of Blamo I had like a few people That weren't, that weren't It was like It's like the new Chicken strips You know <laughs> It's like the thing That people don't like It's like this Joseph Smith comic I, I don't know Like I You know I got that uh, That Mike Allred Thing The Golden Plates book Yeah So it's hard Like how do I do Something different Than what he already did So I, I think I'm just Going to do like the Just keep on going with like Joseph Smith stories, like turns about his life. Yeah. And and not have it be like idealized because I'm I'm not a practicing Mormon anymore. hmm So I can, I have no problem with just like doing like realistic, uh, you know, all his wives and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I already started, uh, I'm working on the next issue of Blammo right now. And I, I started doing a, it's like a death of Joseph Smith story. And it's like so similar to the death of Elijah Lovejoy. that I'm like,
1: it might be trouble. I don't know. It might confuse people. <laughs> just don't reprint the death of Elijah Lovejoy in that comic.
2: Yeah. Right. I don't. I wonder if that's gonna be reprinted. I don't think so. You know, Zack Sally printed that death of Elijah Lovejoy comic. Yeah. And uh, and it like killed him. He like hated it. <laughs> every every copy is a little bit different because he was just like having such a hard time making the colors line up on the cover and stuff. I think if it was ever reprinted, it would be. Like a photocopied thing or something, you know? It wouldn't be the Zack Sally version.
1: I almost feel like every printing job almost kills him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to be... Is he still doing that stuff? I don't know if he is.
1: Uh, he. Did. I heard
2: that... Well, Tom K is taking over that Sammy
1: the Mouse stuff, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to publish it. The uncivilized yeah. books. So, Which, you know, I'm fine with because... Zach is a fantastic cartoonist, and I would rather see him focus on making comics than printing comics. Me too, man. Zach doesn't get. To... Oh, you totally cut out there. I did not hear a single word you said about Zach Oh, I
2: said Zach doesn't. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves.
1: I almost feel like uh, people, because a lot of time when he gets mentioned, they talk about how he was in low, and I think that's like such a distraction because it has nothing to do yeah, with the comics he makes.
2: His comics are amazing.
1: This stuff. I mean, it cracks me up. You know. Yeah. Sammy, and, the, Sammy the Mouth. the
2: Mouth is like a funny. Just like looking at the faces that he draws, just it cracks me up.
1: It's so, b- beautiful. It's awkward. It's. It's an ugly world. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He should be rich.
1: <laughs> you should all be rich, all you cartoonist guys.
2: Like all the stuff that I think is really great in comics. Doesn't do very well. Have you noticed that? I don't know if that's the same for you, but like you know, all the awesome stuff doesn't sell well.
1: Well what else I don't is it? Understand. what else is exciting well, you for comics?
2: Well, like I just got I'm I've been getting really into like Gary Panther lately. Yeah. And you can get all Gary Panther's stuff for so cheap online, you know. You're like why? Why is this not sold out? It's Gary Panther. I know. I know.
1: I don't, I he he think. does he does okay though like his his art is worth uh, a fair coin. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, I think he does okay. What about like Kim Deitch, You know, does he yeah. sell well? He's amazing. He'll only sell his stuff in complete stories. Yeah. So if you wanted, you know, like the Michigan Files, you got to buy all the Michigan Files. Hmm. But yeah, no, Kim is Kim is amazing. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Um. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think we My through. phone is cutting out all the time, so... Yeah, I think we're near the end of our, our time here, sir. Okay, well, uh, it was good talking to you, man. It was very good talking to you, Mr. Noah.